listening to SKUcast, the podcast for entrepreneurs in the promotional products industry. SKUcast shines a light on our industry's best work, features maverick personalities, and discusses what's really involved in running a modern promotional products business. SKUcast is the official podcast of Common SKU. of, well, I came in and, you know, there were fires. I had to put out fires. There were problems with the vendors. There were issues. There were back orders. There are always problems in this business, always. It is never, ever going to go away. But I can tell you that if it took you 15 extra minutes to get into work this morning, you know, that there was a delay in your commute, you had traffic, whatever else, that fire would wait 15 minutes until you got in. So therefore, spending 15 minutes doing business development, that fire will wait. Hi friends, I'm Bobby Lehu, the Chief Content Officer at CommonSKU, and today's episode continues our release of all the talks given at SKUCon in Las Vegas. Today's SKUcast features Catherine Graham. Many of our listeners know Catherine, but for new listeners, Catherine Graham is the president of distributor RightSleeve and CEO of CommonSKU. RightSleeve has received numerous industry awards, including ASI Distributor Entrepreneur of the Year, a PPAI Web Award, Counselor's Best Places to Work, and Catherine has been named PPB's Best Boss and an ASI Rising Star. Right Sleeve received the Dell Small Business Excellence Award in 2009 for its technological innovations, the foundation of which became CommonSKU in 2011. Catherine led a discussion at SKUCon on how to kick ass in business development. Topics included organization, planning, execution, sales targets, capturing contacts in your email stream, Google alerts, getting rid of non-selling activities, reps and sets, all topics intended to create this consistent wave and to develop this proactive muscle for strong business development. You can follow along with the slide deck during Catherine's talk at community.commonskew.com. And today's episode is courtesy of Commonskew, the effortless business management platform that powers you to process more orders and grow your business. For more information or to start your free trial, visit commonskew.com. And now from SKUCon in Las Vegas, Catherine Graham. So it's the beginning of the year. I'm sure all of you have started the year off with these great resolutions of all these things you're going to do and all this great business development activities are going to happen. And then, you know, life gets in the way and procrastination comes along. And those great resolutions and plans that you had seem to get lost along the way as you get busy, you know, with email and with stuff happening, and tomorrow, a mystical land where 99% of all human productivity, motivation, and all achievement is stored. Everything gets bumped. I'll get to it tomorrow. I'll get to it tomorrow. So what we're going to talk about today is three really simple things to kick ass. Organization, planning, execution. None of this stuff is rocket science. So I'm going to walk you through some ideas uh, focused in these three areas to keep it simple on how to, kick, how to kick ass in business development in 2018. So first up, organization. Clean up your portfolio. One of the biggest mistakes I see salespeople making is they have hundreds of clients in their name, in their portfolio, and they're trying to service all of them at the same time and grow those businesses, and they think that I don't want to give up any of those clients because that means that I might you know, miss out on an opportunity or that you know, business might go to, to someone else in the organization. But the reality is there's only so many customers that you can focus on at any given time. So at RightSleeve, one of the numbers that we implemented here was 50 in terms of the total number of customers and prospects you could have in your portfolio at any given time. This was a constantly cycling number. So if you started, you know, ex- uh, started uh, researching a prospect and you found they weren't going to be the right fit and um, you wanted to move them out, 
move them out, move someone else in. So try and, try and keep that number at 50, but be constantly be reevaluating and replenishing kind of with that amount. But recognize that you can only develop so many customers at a time, and if you have too many in there, you have a complete lack of focus. So by narrowing down kind of this thought process in terms of focusing on fewer customers, it allows you to make sure that you have actually gone, ran, run the full gauntlet in terms of your ability to grow that customer or develop a new prospect before you move on to something else. So three simple things that you can do within this. So the number of clients and prospects that you have in your portfolio is the first thing. So go through and just cull. Call the ones that you're not gonna focus on right now. It doesn't mean you won't focus on them later, but it means you're not gonna focus on them right now. So get that number down to an amount that makes sense for you. The second thing is, is segmenting. So statuses, and this, I mean, the terminology statusing and tagging is, um, is something we do within CommonSkew, but it applies within most kind of CRMs if you're using something else. Um, so statusing around creating different kind of buckets, essentially, that you have um, within your clients, within your portfolio. So something super simple could just be prospects versus clients. But if you get more granular in terms of where those clients or prospects are within a funnel, the better idea you're going to have of what the activity is you need to do to take that opportunity to the next level. So with a prospect, as an example, You've got, to, you know, you've got to get your foot in the door, you've got to get the meeting in the first place, versus with a client that you're already doing business with that you just want to grow, there's different activity that you're going to take to move that opportunity to the next stage. So the more specific you can get within that customer segmentation, the clearer it becomes what the action is you need to take to develop that business to the next level. Um, tagging is another methodology within this. So um, getting again, getting specific. So you might tag a customer as like wearables as an example, and the action that you can take for all your customers that buy wearables is the next time you see something amazing coming out with a product that you want to be able to do you know, a spec sample with or to reach out, you've automatically got your list of those that always buy kind of that category for you to reach out to. So the more specific that you can get within that of creating different views within your portfolio with something as simple as statusing and tagging, the clearer that next action becomes. The last thing is, is setting a sales target for a client. So that target might be the amount of business that you want to do with them this year, or it might be, and I, I find this second methodology more helpful, it can be the potential of how much business that customer represents. So let's say, um, the reason why this is important from a focus perspective is let's say you have one customer that you're doing $20,000 with, they're a good customer, you've had them for years, you have another customer that you're doing $2,000 with. If you were to look at it purely from a sales perspective, you're gonna say that $20,000 customer is someone I should spend more time with. Whereas if you have set sales targets for those customers, the $20,000 customer you kind of maxed out with, they don't have any more other areas that you can sell into. The $2,000 customer is a potential $100,000 customer if you were to max out everything you could do. Where should you be spending your time? So simple things like that just create different views around how it is that you're looking at your client portfolio and how it is that you therefore decide where you should invest your time. This is a really simple one. Keep your contacts organized and up to date within your client record. Every time you find that someone has either changed jobs or they've left the organization and hopefully taken you somewhere else to a new company with them, just go in and update your CRM. The leverage LinkedIn notifications to do this. It's really simple. If you should be connecting with all of your customers on LinkedIn, and therefore you're gonna be getting notifications if there's a job change. It gives you a great opportunity to reach out if they've you know, gotten a promotion or something. That, and, and I don't, when I 
say you reach out, I don't mean like, you know, send that little automatic, like, congratulations on your work anniversary, like, stuff like that on LinkedIn. Like, it's actually a great reason to pick up the phone and say, wow, I just saw you got that awesome promotion. Tell me about the new job and what it is that you're going to be doing. So simple things like that that can be automated for you just based on the fact that you're connected with your clients on LinkedIn, you will get those notifications automatically. It's a great reason to reach out, but take that extra second to go in and update the record within your CRM to what their new position is or new department um, and all that. The last piece on this is that I'm sure many of you are exposed to different new contacts within an organization kind of by accident. So you get copied on an email saying, you know, oh, you need to approve this order. You're getting copied on your, your contacts boss. Um, so being able to like, pay attention to the email communication that's going on with the customer that you're working with and capture every single contact that you come across within that communication. You might not necessarily end up selling directly to your contacts boss, but knowing who your contacts boss is suddenly becomes really important if your contact loses their job or if they move on. And you know who it is that you're, you, you can reach out to next to try and reestablish that relationship. So every single contact you come across, just get it in the CRM, and you're just building a, fully, a much more complete record and picture of what that customer looks like. Next up, when I say collateral, I don't mean like your brochure. <laughs> talking about get organized about the kinds of tools that you have available to you from a business development perspective. So get case studies online. We were speaking about this um, earlier in the session this afternoon about being able to tell better stories of how it is that you have helped customers and what the outcome is that you have achieved. If you are writing those up and putting those online, either you know, on a blog if you have one or in a section on your website that you can point a prospect to when you've come out of a meeting or you're, you've had an initial conversation, that is so much more powerful than you know, trying to send a product or do something kind of that's much more random. It is a far more specific example of where it is that you have been successful working with other customers like them. And if you have that readily available, that's a very easy thing to send in a follow-up email after you've had an initial call with a prospect. Printed samples of previous work. Do an overrun anytime you are doing a project that you think is gonna be amazing so that you have those samples in, or those printed samples in your showroom or you know, in a little you know, um, bucket that you can take with you as case studies when you go to client meetings. If you have those things accessible and ready to go, it becomes an awful lot easier versus having to try and recreate a great project that might have had like five different products after the fact and having to get those printed kind of one-off um, with suppliers to recreate what that case study was. And the last piece around here, which to me seems like a no-brainer, but so many people do not leverage this, self-promo. We are in the business of promo. Why are people not putting, more people not putting their own brand on things and sending things out? We get amazing deals with suppliers. This is the lowest hanging fruit of being able to showcase the fantastic work that you can do and how it is that you can differentiate you know, your creativity and tell the story around that with your own brand. And ultimately, you are putting something in the hands of your potential customer that is a showcasing of what it is that you can do, but also is something they're gonna look back on and remember the next time they have an opportunity um, to work with you. So always have a great selection of self-promo, not some you know, deal that you got with a supplier because it was a closeout or you know, marketing dollars that you had to spend in a specific category. Do something that is a representation of the creativity that you can do that you are excited to give out to prospects or customers. So planning. Let's talk about how to get your foot in the door. This is the area that I think most people struggle with who are not naturally hunters. 
I think a lot of us in this business naturally gravitate more towards being farmers. We're more comfortable with when you know, the customer is in the door and being able to you know, nurture and love them, but we're less comfortable with trying to cold call or you know, drum, that business up with, uh, drum up that business in the first place. So let's talk about some ways to kind of get your foot in the door. The first thing is finding your buyer. Know who it is that you are trying to target um, within a company. So who is the problem that you're, that, that you're trying to solve? If you think that you're going after like the chief marketing officer in a big organization, I can tell you they probably couldn't give a shit about swag. That's you know, some, someone else's problem within their organization. They might ultimately be excited about the end result it can achieve for them with their overall strategy they're trying to implement, but they are not your everyday buyer. So trying to get your foot in the door way up here in the organization, when they've got 50 other people kind of calling them, trying to sell them other kinds of services, that's gonna be a tough road to haul. Whereas if you're able to find out exactly who it is that buys swag specifically within the marketing organization for that company and go after them specifically instead, they have an actual problem that you can solve for them. What does success look like in their role? So take an example of someone who plans you know, events as an example. So the problem they need to solve is they've got this enormous event they have to, to plan and pull off. There's a lot of moving parts. Swag is one element within that. They need to create you know, a successful experience for when people first arrive kind of at the event. They want to have something memorable that the attendees can take home with them. So understanding kind of what success looks like in their specific role and being able to go to them and say, here's where we have done this for other customers in the past, and here was the end result that happened um, when we uh, executed on this specific project for them. And lastly, you know, what do they care about? So if they care about ultimately people having a, something, a great kind of takeaway that they're excited about when they leave you know, an event, that ultimately you have to really, really understand kind of who your buyer is and what problem you're trying to solve in the first place. So don't you know, just kind of go after anyone in the organization, get as, as specific as you can, and you know, ask questions if you're you know, trying to figure out who that person is. Just, you know, it's amazing how much information the gatekeepers will give up when you just ask. <laughs> Figuring out who your buyer is involves doing a bit of homework. And the first point that I see here, sufficient research, the reason why I've emphasized sufficient here is that it's really easy to go down a rabbit hole and spend hours you know, researching a company, researching a contact, wanting to feel as if you're totally armed with every bit of information that you can before you're picking up the phone and calling them because it makes you feel more confident about that phone call and that you might be able to you know, know what kind of questions to ask. But ultimately, if you spend hours doing that research and you're never able to get that contact on the phone, that's a whole lot of, of, of time that's just been wasted. So sufficient research is just knowing enough enough to be able to start a conversation, um, enough to be able to sound intelligent about their business, but not necessarily an expectation that you know every single thing about them or about their, their business. Find your hook. Why should they give a shit about taking your call? If you can't give them a reason for wanting to, to, to call you back or to, to receive that call in the first place, then they're not gonna be interested in it at all. Simple things like Google Alerts are really helpful in this area. So what's going on in their business that's relevant? You know, did they just have an announcement in the news about, so they just, you know, raise money. And so therefore, you know, now that there's going to be expectations on the part of their, you know, private equity partner, they've got to kick their sales and marketing, you know, up a notch. They're probably going to be hiring people. They're probably going to be spending marketing dollars. That is a great reason to reach out and say, you know, wow, I understand you guys just raised like a big round of venture capital. And now you got to figure out how you're going to prove kind of what you're going to do with those funds to achieve results. Let me talk about what we've done for another company to be able to help them when they were in exactly the same situation that you are. Or I know you're now, now going to have to hire a bunch of people. Let me talk about some strategies that we used to help another company around talent acquisition and what the results were. 
So find that hook to create that compelling reason in the first place for them to take your call. Lastly, when I say practice your pitch, I'm not talking about how it is that you pitch yourself and your business. I'm talking about how it is that you take all that homework and research that you've done and package it in a way that if you have 30 seconds with them on the phone when, the, uh, when you first call, that you're able to make a pitch compelling enough, they wanna continue on the conversation. So know what it is that you're using as your hook, have rehearsed that, um, rehearse it even if you're gonna leave a voicemail, and so all of that just is, comes off kind of the tongue a lot more easily if you've actually practiced it in the first place. So planning the why. If any of you were in Stephanie's session um, last, one of the things that she talked about was getting an understanding from your current clients about why they bought from you in the first place. So what were the specific results that, um, that you achieved kind of working with them? And this is a really simple thing to do. Just literally call your client and say, can I spend five minutes just chatting with you about the work we did recently and what it is that you were pleased about, what the results were that it achieved, and actually document that. That becomes the basis of a great case study to be able to put online. Write it up, send it to them with some photography, and say, are you okay if we put this up on our website? Most clients love being featured. It's great, great PR for them, too. They can share it on you know, their social media, and it showcases you know, something exciting they did as well. These are really easy things to be able to do, and the more information that you're able to glean about why your customers buy from you in the first place and what results you're achieving for them, the better you're, the better you're able to translate that into prospects that you wanna work with and being able to tell a compelling story around that. So, why should a prospect care? Why should they wanna pick up that phone in the first place? The more you understand about what their business challenges are, this goes back a bit to the, what I was speaking about before in terms of homework, but the more that you understand what it is that is keeping you know, their boss up at night or what it is that um, is difficult for them in their specific role, the more information you have on hand to be able to, to create a relevant pitch for them. So where have you solved those problems before? Again, case studies come into play here, and how can you help them specifically achieve the outcomes that they're looking to accomplish? The more granular you can get about this, the more you show you've done your homework, the more you show that you've worked with clients you know, in their industry or that have been through a similar situation, the more credible you are and the more you look like an expert. So that is a huge, huge differentiation point when it comes to prospecting, that you are right out of the gate before they've ever worked with you before, they are positioning you on a different plane because of the fact that you say, I have done this exact thing for another client and achieved X. Or I have worked with you know, a customer in a similar space with a similar challenge and we achieved Y. But it still becomes a much more compelling story than say, can I quote some you know, water bottles for you for that conference that you're doing? It's a completely different conversation. Let's talk about execution. When it comes to business development and picking up the phone, I'm sure a lot of you do this. You like to hide. <laughs> hide behind your email, hide behind being busy, and this is Oscar, our office puppy, for those of you who have heard him in the background. This was him last summer. Um, it's a very, very easy thing to do in terms of, of being able to just you know, procrastinate or avoid the inevitable because it's the first thing that comes off your plate um, when you've got everything else that comes up to take its place, and it's very, very easy to hide behind being busy. So the first step around this, pick up the phone. For those of you that manage millennials, this is a hard thing to teach. They do not like to use the phone. They don't hide behind every other means of communication with the customer, text message, email, you know, Google Hangout, whatever else. And that's fantastic once you're working with the customer, being able to, to, manage, to, to work with them in the way that they want. But when you're trying to get your foot in the door in the first place, 
it is really, really easy for a prospect to blow off an email. Delete, archive, on you go. It is a lot harder for them to blow off a phone call. So getting comfortable with picking up that phone is critical to this. And if that's not something that you know, comes naturally to you and it, it, uh, you know, it, the, the prospect of doing that kind of makes you feel um, scared essentially, do some role playing with someone in your office. We will do this sometimes where we'll literally we'll go in different places and call each other. <laughs> Just pretend that you know, someone's a prospect and being able to go through that exercise and you feel totally dorky doing it. But at the end of the day, if it gives you an opportunity to kind of practice a pitch and to be able to, to um, use some of those you know, uh, to use some of those examples to kind of get your foot in the door in the first place, if you've actually rehearsed it with someone who's on the other end, legitimately on the other end of a phone versus thinking about, you know, what you're going to say in your head, it is a totally different experience. So even though you'll feel like a complete dork doing it at the time, I'd highly, highly recommend doing some role playing. And especially for those of you that manage salespeople, this is a really, really important thing to do to get them comfortable kind of getting on the phone. Just like channel the wolf, man. <laughs> Um, the single biggest excuse I hear when it comes to business development is, I don't, I don't have time. So there's a couple strategies around this that are really simple to execute. The first of which is start small. If you came into the new year with a resolution that you're going to spend you know, all your time or you're going to spend 50% you know, of your time on business development, but you have a lot of other things that, you, that are encompassed in your role, that's not a realistic um, resolution. So, Starting small could be as simple as dedicating 15 minutes every day. 15 minutes. That is hardly any time at all. And if you start with something really small and achievable, it makes it a lot easier to actually implement. Do it before anything else. Before you get you know, down the rabbit hole of your email, um, before you try and deal with some issue that's come up, um, before you go and get your coffee, like before you do anything, make that the priority of what you're gonna do every single morning. And I can tell you, if you're trying to sell into more you know, senior people in an organization, catching them early in the morning, like the early bird gets the worm. If you're waiting to make those calls until you know, the afternoon, like the, the ship has sailed at that point. So if you can uh, create a habit around that of spending 15 minutes in the morning and just doing that early before you start anything, I guarantee you, you will see results. And you know, we're humans. We like to be able to have you know, carrots dangled in front of us in terms of rewards. This can be really simple. I will not have a coffee until I do my 15 minutes or I will not you know, get my, my breakfast or whatever, whatever it is that you can kind of make as being a little reward for yourself that you will be able to, you will allow yourself to do after you've completed that 15 minutes of whatever it is of doing business development that you might find hard, then it's gonna be a much greater incentive to doing it and it creates a habit kind of around that. So the excuse of, well, I came in and you know, there were fires. I had to put out fires. There were problems with the vendors. There were issues. There were back orders. There are always problems in this business, always. It is never, ever going to go away. But I can tell you that if it took you 15 extra minutes to get into work this morning, you know, that there was a delay in your commute, you had traffic, whatever else, that fire would wait 15 minutes until you got in. So therefore, Spending 15 minutes doing business development, that fire will wait. It all comes down to prioritization around how it is that you have the discipline to make that a focus and say, this is something I'm committing to doing every single morning, regardless of what comes across my plate. The other piece around finding time is that if you're spending all your time fighting fires, you are not spending time selling, and therefore, you've got too much on your plate that are non-selling activities. So get 
everything off your plate. If you were in a business development role, get everything off your plate that you, can po that you possibly can that are non-selling activities. So production is a great example of this. If you have your salespeople calling and following up with vendors to see whether an order shipped, like the opportunity cost of that is insane to have them doing that. How many calls could you be making to prospects or clients in that time it took them to call a supplier to follow up on tracking? People will say, you know, I can't afford to hire a production person. You can't afford not to hire a production person because the opportunity cost of your salesperson spending time on that is crazy. So get everything you can off your plate that, is, that are non-selling activities. In order to do that successfully, you have to be able to document enough what's going on with your order so that someone else can pick that up if there is a fire or an issue. So the systems around this in terms of communicating what, you know, what was going on with the order and anything that, they, that someone else might need to be able to deal with a problem, there has to be enough information in that system for someone else to be able to take the baton and carry it to the next stage. There's an expression called reps and sets in the, in the weightlifting world. And all of it comes down to you know, having consistency around pushing yourself with doing kind of the repetitions and sets around this. This is new habit formation, and it takes doing something continuously for a minimum of 30 days before you start to have a habit around it. So if you try this for a couple days and you find it tough and you immediately say, ah, you know, I don't have time for this, or the fire came up and I, I stopped doing it this morning, then you will fall off the wagon immediately. Whereas if you commit to doing this, 30 days, every day in a row, 15 minutes in the morning, it will start to become a habit. And that just becomes something that you automatically do when you come in in the morning before you do anything else, 15 minutes. And that 15 minutes doesn't necessarily need to be you know, picking up the phone. It can be, I'm gonna spend 15 minutes doing research on that prospect I wanna reach out to and finding who that next connection is on LinkedIn or that new contact is that I should be calling and doing a little bit of digging so that tomorrow morning, I've got all my homework done to be able to make that phone call. So that 15 minutes can be anything from a business development perspective as far as activity is concerned. It doesn't necessarily have to be phone calls every morning. Lastly around this in terms of reps and sets is that you have to be relentless with this. The stat is now that it takes an average of 12 touches before you can get someone to get, to get your foot in the door to return a phone call. That's really depressing, but it's just a fact. <laughs> so if you're actually tracking that, you know, within your CRM, you're tracking all those touch points, and if you get to 12 and you still haven't gotten anywhere with that customer or with that prospect, get them out of your portfolio and move somebody else in. But don't give up after two calls because they didn't return your call. Two calls is not going to cut it. Okay? At least get to close enough to 12. One of the most critical things um, about this when it comes to business development is having the right mindset. If you, that 15 minutes in the morning, if you start that 15 minutes and you're making phone calls and you go into it thinking, I'm going to nail this call, I am going to talk to that prospect and they are going to be so excited about working with us and I'm going to come out of it with a meeting or whatever that next step is and you have that really positive approach going into it versus like, oh, they don't really want to hear from me, I feel like I'm interrupting them or I'm bothering them or I'm not going to get through, I'm going to leave a voicemail and you have a, a very kind of negative approach coming into it, that will come across in terms of how it is um, that you're perceived when you call. So go in, kind of, you know, pump yourself up, you know, listen to music or whatever ahead of time so that you feel like positive and excited about it and every single morning when you're doing um, those 15 minutes, go in thinking that you're going to nail it and you'll have a much better outcome. Rejection, it's not personal. It's not because they don't like you as a person. It's that maybe you caught them at the wrong time. Maybe it's not the right um, opportunity at this, you know, for this particular moment. So don't take it personally. Just kind of pick yourself up and move on. And lastly, in that 15 minutes, if you have made amazing connects and you've had, you're, having, you're on a total hot streak, 
don't stop and keep going. <laughs> when you're winning, you're winning. Carry it on through the whole morning and see what the end result will be. So don't necessarily you know, box this 15 minutes. Um, do a minimum 15 minutes, but take it further than that if you're on a hot streak. Exactly, ride that momentum. The last thing I'll say about execution is that this is about hustle. Like Business development is hard. And the people that are the most successful about this are the ones that are really hustling and getting out there and working it and have discipline around doing that. I want to spend very briefly um, a few minutes on you land in the meeting, now what? Because I find it remarkable how many people fall down at this stage from a business development perspective. It seems really easy. You've, you've achieved kind of what you wanted to in terms of getting your foot in the door, and now you should be able to land it from here. But it's actually surprising um, how much falls off at this stage. So some really simple things in terms of if you've landed that meeting in the first place for preparing for it, create and send an agenda. Don't just show up for a customer with, uh, if you've booked a time with them. Prepare them in advance. You know, what it is that you're gonna meet about, why it is it's useful for them to spend that time with you and they could be doing any number of other things. Before you go into that meeting, summarize what you already know about that customer or that prospect from doing your homework and what gaps you wanna fill in that meeting, questions that you need to have answered. Write those questions down so that when you go in, you're prepared. And have that even as part of your agenda of, you know, for this block of time, I wanna to get to know a little bit more about this area of your business I'm not as familiar about. And lastly, always have an objective for the meeting. What are you looking to accomplish out of it? Because if you're just showing up at the client for the sake of, I just wanna kinda of get to know you better, that is a waste of everyone's time. So you need to have a specific objective coming out of it. This might seem really simple too, but um, what to bring. Don't show up with a suitcase full of product and come and do a dog and pony show out there. Bring case studies and stories. So having those you know, printed examples of great work that you've done in the past or stories that you can tell that are specific to that client and how it is that it's relevant to their business, that is gonna be far more impactful in a meeting than going in with a bunch of product that you're excited about. Bring product, you know, bring new things that you're excited about, but a very limited amount. So it should be more about the stories around how it is that you can help them be successful in their business as opposed to what the latest new water bottle is that they should be excited about. And last thing, Sell promo, <laughs> leave behind a gift. Don't ever go to a meeting without a gift with your brand on it that you can leave behind. Um, and again, being thoughtful about this. So what is something that is gonna be interesting and useful to that particular prospect, as opposed to what can I just find you know, in the closet that happens to be um, something left that we had in terms of self promo. So leave them with something that they might either consider buying themselves, themselves or something that can be useful to them that's gonna have your brand front and center and then long after that meeting is done. Lastly, in terms of post-meeting, so we talked about you know, identifying an objective, but don't leave a meeting without identifying what's gonna happen next. What is the next step in that? Are you gonna call them? Is the next stage sending them a presentation? Manage their expectations about what is gonna happen next and follow up, follow up, follow up. I see time and again people going in and having these great discovery meetings with the client and uncovering all these opportunities and then, oh, I'll just wait for them to call because now, I know that, now they know what I do. <laughs> Doesn't work that way. So go in and capture everything that was discussed. Set reminders for yourself for every single thing that they have coming up in the calendar year so that you can follow up at the moment in time when their need is greatest and you can show them amazing ideas that's gonna solve a real problem for them. So that is how you're gonna close the loop in terms of going from that initial business development meeting to actually getting orders on the books. So some final thoughts. Discipline is the bridge between goals and accomplishment. 
This ultimately comes down to reps and sets. If you are not doing this you know, every single day, building it into your, um, into your routines, you are not gonna grow your business effectively. You can't just continue to try and work harder at what you're already doing. You gotta think about different strategies around how it is that you're gonna bring new opportunities in and expand your business with existing clients as well. Do the work, it's hard. There's a reason why this is hard. There's a reason why if you're gonna be successful, you've actually gotta do the work. So prioritize how it is that you're spending your time to be as strategic as possible around, around, how it is, around what it is that you are focused on. A few quick resources. Three great books that I found when it comes to business development. Um, Fanatical Prospecting, and this is gonna get uploaded to the app, so don't worry about kind of writing everything down. Um, Smart Calling, if you're someone that's not comfortable with cold calling, this is a really, really helpful book to read. And Spin Selling is always about positioning and how it is that you can kind of tell um, stories differently. Awesome, great. Let's go have some snacks downstairs, half an hour break before the final session. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of SKUcast. Be sure to keep up with our latest content by subscribing to SKUcast on iTunes or to our blog at community.commonskew.com. Until next time, friends. Thanks so much for listening. Thank you.